And God said, let us make man, how? In our image. The Hebrew is imagio dei. It means a reflected image. After our likeness, and the Lord God did what? No, and the Lord God formed a man of the what? Dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the what? Breath of life and man became a... You see, in the beginning, man and God were one. Adam fellowshiped freely with his father in the brilliance of paradise. There were no reassurances needed. Their relationship was one of reckless abandon. And with the cool breezes of eternity blowing around the shoulders of that first man and woman, the words, who shall ever separate us from the love of God, echoed in that man's mind. The top of page six, God made a man. Shout, he made him. He did not speak humanity into existence as he had with the stars and the earth and all the other living things. When it came to the creation of God's special companion, God took an unusual interest and physically involved himself in the process. By the creator's hands-on approach. It is obvious that the Lord desired a unique relationship with the man. You see, God stooped down into the red cold clay of earth, and there he fashioned a man, seeing a reflection in one of the pools of water that he had created. He saw that reflection, and he said, as I am, so shall a man be, because I've searched through the corridors of eternity for a companion, for a confidant, for someone with whom I could fellowship, someone on my level, someone that I could commune with and communicate with. And God then formed man of the dust of the ground. Man was formed of the dust. Therefore, your body is dust. And the Bible says, dust thou art, and to dust shalt thou return. So the body was created to be in contact with the elements of this fleshly or earthly realm. But God also breathed into man the breath of life Job said there is a spirit in man shout I am a spirit there is a spirit in man it is the breath of almighty that gives him understanding and then man became a living soul the soul is comprised of the mind the will and the emotions but God created a man he put his hands on him oh that's going to be very important a little later on in our teaching you're going to understand that if God created you with a hands-on approach then just like a watchmaker creates a watch he puts the elements in his hand and he fashions a watch in fact the watch is proof that somewhere there is a watch creator are you with me how many of you have got a watch shout I've got one well it didn't fall out of heaven did it somebody created that watch now let me ask you a question he put it in his hands he put the springs in place and the dials in place and the hands in place and the face in place and the band in place and he fashioned that thing and then you went to a store and you purchased it but let me ask you a question if your watch breaks are you going to take it to an automobile mechanic who are you going to take it to 
You're going to take it back to the man that created it. And the same hands, oh God, I'm about to get blessed right now. The same hands that created it are the same hands that can be put on it to fix it. Do you understand that God created your body? He fashioned it with his own hands. But you say, but God is faced with a problem because God is in heaven. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't see. God. You can't see his hands. But I'm here to tell you today that God made a way so that the same God that put his hands on you to create you can get hands on you to fix you. Shout, God can fix what he created. Oh my Jesus. The moment of that God's divine breath entered man, he became superior to all other forms of earthly life. He was capable of such feats as abstract thought, original concepts, and the all-important attribute of free will. Man was a one-of-a-kind combination of flesh and spirit, a creation that could actually have fellowship with the Almighty God. Within him, the Lord placed the mind, the emotions of a soul, the priceless gift of an eternal spirit. The Creator housed this rare combination in a clay earth suit called the body. That's the reason your Bible declares we have this treasure in an earthly vessel and though the Bible says our outward man decays day by day yet shall our inward man the spirit man be renewed and the Bible says the spirit of a man shall sustain all of his infirmity you need to understand today that you do not have some third watered down fourth cousin removed by marriage person living on the inside of you you have the self-same spirit that invaded the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and raised to life again the three-day dead body of the Prince of God and that same Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and that spirit shall quicken your Bible says your mortal not your immortal somebody said I'll be well when I'm in heaven you won't need to be well there's no sickness there somebody said I have victory over the devil when I get to heaven you won't need it. He's not there. I'm here to tell you that Bible promises not only pie in the sky but a whole lot while you're passing by. I can't preach. Seeing that it was good, he gave Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, total, shout the next word. Shout it. Dominion over it all. Say I've got dominion power. Uh, I've got dominion power. I've got dominion power. Why is God letting the world be in the condition that it's in? God has nothing to do with the evil condition that this world is in. Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God said, let's make man in our image after our likeness and give that man dominion in the earth. Why is my home in such a mess? You have dominion there. Satan has no authority there. Quit whining and bawling and complaining. Dry your eyes. Make your backbone like a T-rail. Get a Bible in one hand and your other finger pointed under the nose of the devil and tell him he has no authority here that you are in authority on this earth 
Walk in the bedroom of your teenager and walk around that room and say, you spirits of rebellion, you have no authority here. God placed me in authority. Jesus died on a cross to give us authority. And it's time and high time that the church of Jesus Christ came out of the doldrums and came out of the weakness and quit walking around like alfalfa with your hair sticking out on the top and some black horn rimmed glasses and little short pants. My God, man, put on the shield of faith. Have your loins girt about with the spirit of truth. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Take dominion over every situation in your life. Shout, I've got dominion. Excuse me. That's why God is looking for agreement. Write down Matthew 18, verses 18 to 20. Here it is. Whatsoever. Do you believe the Bible? Whatsoever. You, not God. Whatsoever. You, not God. Shall bind. Where? Why? Because earth is where God placed you in authority. My God, just stomp your feet on the ground right now. Come on. Stomp your feet on the ground right now. If you're on this planet, you're in authority. What do you have to be sad about? God is still on his throne. Jesus Christ is still at the right hand of the Father. The blood, the eternal blood of the living Christ is forever sprinkled on the mercy seat, crying mercy, crying grace, crying help, crying deliverance, crying victory. Shout and give him praise. I feel the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit that third person of the Trinity sent into the earth. He that is with you, now inside you. Jesus making intercession for you. And you have been given dominion in all the earth. Therefore, whatsoever you bind, where? Shall be bound, where? God said, listen. If you take one step toward me, I'll take five toward you. I gave you authority in the earth. If you'll exercise that authority in the earth, I will hasten after my word and I will perform it. I'm going to ask you today, whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe you're a nobody? Are you going to believe you're a worm? Are you going to believe that the blood wasn't sufficient for you? Are you going to believe that the Holy Spirit has empowered everybody but you? Or are you going to shake yourself? Realize that the resurrected Christ lives on the inside of you. Walk out into your life. Stomp your foot on the earth where God gave you dominion and say I've come to establish the kingdom of Christ. Excuse me. I'm trying. I'm trying. Trying to get something out of this. Matthew 18. Whatsoever you bind, where? Whatsoever you bind, where? Shall be bound, where? 
Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed where? Again I say unto you, verse 19, that if any two of you on earth, where? Any two, a white one, and his brother, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. Get out of hand. Button yourself up. Look good. We're on TV. <laughs> Come on. Come on. If any two of you on earth, blood brothers, I have to pay to get half the tan he's got naturally. Blood brothers. Watch me. If I'm dying and I need a blood transfusion, they won't ask what color he is because they know he's got red blood. If he needs one, they won't ask what color I am. They'll say, give me some of that blood. Why? The life is in the blood. We're going to get to it in just a minute. Shout, the life is in the blood. If any two of you on earth agree as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father, which is where? In heaven. Do you see the joining together of the natural realm and the spiritual realm? Do you see the connection, shock connection? The connection between the earthly and the heavenly, between the eternal and the natural between the flesh and the spirit we on earth in agreement God said when two of you agree I will come and one and one will not equal two one and one will equal three and the third will be like the fourth man walking in the midst of the burning fiery furnace of life they said lo didn't we throw three men in they said yes king he said I see four men and the fourth one is like the son of God when the world looks at you and me when we're in agreement they do not see two people they see three and the third one is like the son of the living God walking in the midst of our covenant together slap somebody a high five say your agreement is necessary for my miracle A lady brought into one of my services. Brother Summerall was there with me. She brought a poor little child in a terrible physical situation. She was weeping and distraught and crying. She said, I, I need you to lay hands on my child, believe for a miracle. Brother Summerall said, Pastor Parson and I will agree together. Now, Where's your husband? She said, well, he's not here. Where is he? Well, one of his favorite sporting events was on television tonight. And Brother Summerall refused to lay his hands on that child. 
how can you bring blessing where there is no agreement? Oh, this is serious. God has to have someone in the earth agree with what his word has already prescribed. Can you say amen? amen. Otherwise, God is imposing his will. And I've taught you that God will not impose his will. You can be sick as long as you want to. Depressed as long as you want to. Discouraged as long as you want to. As defeated as long as you want to. God is never going to come and shake you and invade your life and impose his will. In fact, he said it's your responsibility to impose his will in the earth. Now when you get in agreement with God's word, he'll come to your situation. I said yes he will. Are you ready? It all began there. In the elegant garden of Eden, with our pristine parents, Adam and Eve. For there, God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And every atom began to whirl and spin and sing until man stepped off the creator's palate and declared, Hello God, what a God, what a garden. All the bougainvilleas and Arthiniums blooming and blossoming everywhere. The happy, splashing, laughing river of life. All of the animal kingdom walking in kindness one toward the other. But you know the story. Right there in the midst of paradise, Adam sided with God's great archenemy. The boldest rebellion in the human family was begun. God came down into the midst of all that retrieval where man had wound his moral clock backwards. The image of God had been dashed to pieces. Death had come and turned blue the lips of the children of men. The locust and its great king had come and turned blossom into dust. With flaming sword, man was banished to the eastern plains of sterile Eden and there he stood in jeopardy before God and before the holy angels. There was no hope except for Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. For there God provided a propitiation. A price would be paid. A guarantee was made that there would be blood spilt sufficient enough to heal the wounding sore and putrefying soul of all of humanity. Spirit, soul, and body. But at this point, paradise seems to be quarantined. What began in the elegant garden of Eden now was walled all about and there seemed to be no way out. Oh. It was a world of perfection. A garden paradise where concepts of need, worry, and pain were unknown. Abundance was commonplace. I must pause and parenthetically insert for you Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Here are the words. He hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. For it is written, cursed is anyone that hangeth upon a tree. The word redeemed in Galatians 3.13 interpreted is this. He has returned us, watch me, to the original state of affairs. No, I can't get no shot. 
Perhaps you're too busy riding. Perhaps you're too busy contemplating what a truth, what a God, what a plan that he created us with no need, with no worry, with no pain, where abundance was commonplace, where God walked with humanity in the cool of the garden evening. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own I come to the garden alone that's what we used to sing when I was a boy while the dew is still on the roses and the song I hear falling on my ears the son of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own what a joy what a victory what a triumph but you say you just said man was separated from God but I must share with you that what God did in the second Adam is greater than what the devil did in the first Adam this is a restoration gospel this earth is a restoration garden that's the reason we call that thing out there in front of the breakthrough world ministry center the breakthrough restoration garden someone shared with me today a tragedy that has hit their home and I said hold on my child joy comes in the morning God is a God of restoration when things are broken he can fix them when they're lost he can find them when they're sick he can heal them when they're depressed he can deliver them he is a right now on time restoration God and I'm a restoration preacher But I fell down, get up. Well, I messed up. That's the reason he sits at the right hand of the Father, crying grace, crying mercy. That young man stood up in testimony service. He saw him. He said, I want you all to pray for me. He said, I've been saved seven days now. I've fallen down 15 times. An elderly gentleman stood up and said, I've been living for God 70 years. And unlike that young man, I've never been down. Just took his seat. After the service, the young man went to the elderly gentleman and he said, I don't understand how that can be. The elderly gentleman said, oh son, it's a matter of semantics. You see, I'm never down because I'm always up or getting up. Is there anybody in here today? Is there anybody in here today getting up? I said, is there anybody here today getting up? My God, in any athletic endeavor, you get run over the first time, you better learn the second time. Are you here with me? And if he beats you that time, study the films and find out how you can beat him the next time. Here's what I'm telling you to do. Get in that Bible. Study it verse by verse. There is victory enough, anointing enough to conquer any situation. Life may handle you. I wish I had seven hours. <laughs> he has redeemed us. Redeemed. How I love to proclaim it. Shout I'm redeemed. The Bible said let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Why? Because every time you say it, the agreement of God is yes and amen. 
I'm redeemed. A headache comes your way. I'm redeemed. Your child is rushed to the hospital. I'm redeemed. There's problems in your marriage. I'm redeemed. Redeemed. Returned to the original state of affairs. If Adam had it, you've got it. Oh, you're not here with me. You're looking at me like Sunday morning Christians with your heart Schaffner and Mark suit and your necktie too tight. No, you're not looking like you believe this. You're not looking like you believe this. If Adam had it, you've got it. And if Adam didn't have it, you've got no business with it. You're either redeemed or you're not. Are you redeemed? Someone asked the great Kenneth Hagin Sr. I've never noticed that you've taken your children to the doctor for any of these childhood diseases. Mumps or chicken pops. Or... He said, well, my wife and I got together. We searched the Bible. We never found in there anywhere where the Bible said that's what my children's inheritance was. I've heard about Asian, I've heard about swine, I've heard about Hong Kong flu, but they're not mine. I've never heard of a heavenly flu. Have you? God Almighty, give him praise and glory just for a minute. I'm, I'm about to preach myself happy. Shout, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. My home is redeemed. My family is redeemed. My finances are redeemed. My body is redeemed. We're not denying sickness, disease, pain, malady, malfunction, infirmity, tribulation, trial, persecution. We're not denying that they are available. We're just denying they're, we're not denying that they're there. We're simply denying their right to remain. Somebody's about to get their eviction notice today. Somebody's about to get told to vacate the premises. Somebody's about to get told that the landlord is reclaiming enemy held territory. Woo. See, it comes right back to it. You people want me to teach and preach at the same time. You're wearing a white boy out. Here. Here. Little things pop out of the Bible at me. They just jump off the page and scream at me. That verse over in the book of Acts. And they began to speak. After that the Holy Ghost had come upon them. They began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. I, I just, there was something there and I knew it was there. I had to mine for it for a while. I had to dig for it a while, but finally I got it. Because I believe in the Knox translation, possibly, 
one of the translations, maybe it was Young's, that verse is rendered from the original in these words. And God gave them, where it's saying utterance, and God gave them the ability to express their original selves. Because originally, hey, originally, way back, way back at the beginning, it was your spirit man that was in dominion in the earth that got toppled by the fall of man, by an act of his free will, separating himself from God. But what a God and what a plan to redeem us. Now he says over in the New Testament, when you get filled with that Holy Spirit, he will give you the ability to express your original self. He's giving you a symbol, a sign, every time you speak with other tongues that you have now returned as a result of the redeeming propitiation of Calvary's cleansing stream. You have been returned to who you were in the original with your spirit in control can you shout hallelujah I'm telling you it's bad news for the devil Woo. hey Jesus uh, man had been granted control of all that is surveyed except one small patch of ground and the Lord God commanded men, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. It seems reasonable that if Adam could be faithful with the little things, in time humanity would be made rulers over many throughout the Creator's vast domain. Circle the next line. But Satan slithered into the picture. Though you have been returned, according to Galatians 3.13, to the original, there's still a war on. There's still a battle. God didn't give you armor so that you could go and retreat to rest and recreation. Uh, you are seated this morning in the midst of the armies of the Most High God. This is no recreation room. This is a battlefield. Are you here with me? James 4, 7 declares, write it down. James 4, 7 declares, Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. That word resist means stand against in word and deed. You got to talk like it. 
help me somebody. You got to talk like it. Walk like it. Act like it. Smile like it. Because the devil will take you to your grave with a hangnail if you let him. Your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, I don't like the way people preach that verse because they preach it from the positive on the devil's side. Oh, the devil, ooh. It's like a roaring. Notice, your Bible says he is like. Did not say he was. He's an imposter. Yeah, and so is that sickness. And so is that pain. And so is that problem in your home. And so is that trouble in your mind. It's an imposter. Fear and faith cannot live in the same heart. They are mutually exclusive, diametrically opposed. They cancel one another out. Are you with me? So it says he's like. Didn't say he was. Fear is false evidence. Write it down. That appears real. It's an illusion. <laughs> believe what you want to believe. You believe healing is the illusion. I believe the sickness is the illusion. It all depends on your perspective. From which vantage point are you viewing the situation? Whose report are you going to believe? I would rather call the situation a liar and God true. I would rather call the difficulty a liar and God true. He is not a man that he should lie. Hey, Jesus. So the devil is like, didn't say he was one, when said he's like one. An imposter, an imitator. Like a roaring lion. Roaming to and fro. Means he doesn't know where he's been, where he's going. Searching for. Didn't say he found anybody. Whom he may, might, devour if he could find them if he knew where he was going <laughs> seeking whom he may devour now I have to let you in on a little news about a lion here's the situation a lion will roar at any other time than when it can hear another lion Roaring. Seems to me, I'm wanting to lay my little book down and preach. Seems to me, my Bible talks about another lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Let Judah roar. And let the so-called would-be might, if he could find anybody, devil, be silenced. I dare you to give a praise, a roar of triumph that silences your adversary. you got to praise your way out. Did you hear what I said? you got to praise your way out. 
yourself. And when the devil comes slithering into your situation, resist him. How? In word. How do I do that? You say what God said. And indeed, how do you do that? You give him the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of your lips, giving thanks unto his name right in the middle of your tragedy. Zion roar. Shout, Zion, shout. Here's what I want to tell you. Be seated. He's a defeated devil. I'm not denying there's a devil. I'm denying his right to rule and reign in my life. No, sir. Does that mean he doesn't come? Oh, no. Just like in the Garden of Eden. He'll come slip sliding away somehow or another. Come on. You put a secretary across from your desk batting them false eyelashes at you. He'll strike your home with a tragedy. You can't get to you or get to your wife. Can't get to your wife or get to your kids. Can't get to your family, he'll get to your extended family. Can't get to your extended family, he'll get to your associations. Can't get to your associations, he'll attack your job. He's relentless, but he's defeated. See, you can't quit at the halfway mark. You can't roll over at halftime. Hold on. It don't matter what the scoreboard says. God's word says you cross the victory line. And that's his shot for me, I think. It is Ephesians 1, 17 to 23 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, everybody stand up. You need to stand up and hear this. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope you know what hope is? I'm glad you asked. It's a favorable, confident expectation. Having to do with future and unseen, happy anticipation of good. You know what hope does? It lets you in on the devil's strategy. So before he can send a linebacker blitz, you know which hole to fill. Are you here with me today? Do you understand? Anticipate a divine intervention. Start looking for it. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? 
which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all close your bible close your book lift up those hands and for 15 seconds thank him that you're redeemed return go ahead and express your original self let your spirit begin to declare how your situation is going to be. Don't filter it through your mind because your mind will be filled with doubt and unbelief. But in Jesus' name, begin to declare that you're redeemed. Body, soul, and spirit. Finances, family, and future. In his hands. Now resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? You give him no place. I said you fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit. You give him no position of opportunity. Hallelujah. Every hand down, every head bowed, every eye closed. Perhaps you're not redeemed. Perhaps you're here today and you say, Pastor Rod, I'm not ready to go to heaven. I'm not absolutely sure that my sins are forgiven and if I would die in the next 15 minutes, I'd be sure for heaven. In the silence of this moment, in the quietness of this apprehended time, how many across this vast building will do what over 200 people in the last two weeks have done in this Sunday morning service? Say yes to Jesus Christ, no to the devil, yes to heaven, no to hell, yes to blessing, no to cursing. Tomorrow is promised to no man. Today is the day of salvation. I'm not asking you if you're a good person. I'm sure you are. I'm not asking you if you go to church. It's obvious you do. You're here today. But if you don't have peace in your heart, if you don't feel redeemed, if you don't feel purchased back, if you don't feel forgiven, if you feel like there's anything between you and God, when I say three, I want you to raise your hand. We're going to pray a prayer. At the end of that prayer, you'll be as sure for heaven as if you were already there. I'm counting one. I'll count quickly because that's just how quickly your life will end. The Bible says it's seen like a vapor for a moment and then it's gone. What will you do with Jesus too? I count quickly because eternity waits for no one. Peace with God. Eternal life. Make the decision right now. You'll be glad you made when you stand before God in eternity. Peace that passes understanding. Fulfillment. Joy in life. Purpose. On three, yes to God and no to the devil. Hallelujah. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to pray together. I want everybody in the building to pray this prayer. Pray it out loud so you can hear it with your own ears. Everyone praying. Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. I was born a sinner. I have committed sins. I have been separated from you. I ask you today to forgive me. Wash me in your blood. Give me eternal life. Satan, you are not in authority here. Self, you are not in authority here. Lord Jesus Christ, I accept you, believe in you, and confess you 
as my personal savior. I will live for you as you show me how. It feels so good to be redeemed. I could almost shout, oh, why not? Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.